0: A little tempting, right? You know, you hear and see and read all this stuff about Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert chasing this quarterback and that quarterback and another quarterback to think that the one they just got is already in the past tense. It is not the case. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Penguins and Pirates, where you found this. Don't ditch Mitch. I get the sense that there's a good amount of that out there right now. Well, if they move up and get Malik Willis, you know, now we're even hearing top five, top two, whatever it takes, if they do that. That'll be the end of not just Mitch Trubisky, but all of the quarterbacks in the fold. They're all just going to be sent out to see while the new franchise Wunderkind comes in and makes everything work like magic. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. For one, Trubisky signed to a two-year deal at a, Pretty considerable amount of cash, depending on how the various incentives play out. And that's a pretty reasonable and common timetable to groom a quarterback who'd be coming in as seemingly raw as Willis would. So the timeline works for Trubisky just right there in and of itself aligning with a potential draft pick. For another thing, and this is something I was trying to emphasize at the time of Trubisky's signing, he's 27. And even though he's got five NFL seasons, 57 starts to his name, I don't believe that you could find anyone in the football world Not even Trubisky's most ardent critics who'd suggest that he's some finished product. Who'd suggest that he's a completely known commodity. I've been over the Bears and ripping them for the way they've bungled quarterbacks for like 30 years now. And I've no doubt that's part of it based on what I heard simply about how the Steelers were richly interested in what happened to Trubisky after he went to Buffalo and what everyone associated with the Bills was seeing with him. That's pretty much a red neon sign for me that the Steelers are thinking the same thing when it comes to the Bears and quarterbacks. But there's also this. Here's what Mike Tomlin had to say about his new number one quarterback. And he is the new number one quarterback in Pittsburgh. This was yesterday in West Palm Beach, Florida at the NFL owners meetings. We, we really were attracted to his upside. Um, he's young and experienced. He's won, to be quite honest with you. He's probably won more than anybody else that was kind of in the field. He didn't cost us any draft capital. It allowed us to maintain all our picks. And you guys know how we feel about building our team through the draft. And so there was a lot of things about him that was attractive to us. The winning thing, I'll be honest with you, is not something that I had really thought of. It's not something that I'd stacked up against other potential free agents. Certainly not in the specific context that the Steelers assigned to themselves where they just did not want to get involved in these big names and sending out a bunch of draft capital. But Trubisky did do a fair amount of winning in Chicago, notably in the 2018 season when he went 11-3 and as a starter and made the Pro Bowl. So there's that too. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when and how you'd prefer to do that studying, whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online, maybe a flexible hybrid format. Would work best for you. Find out more about all of this at pointpark.edu. Look, what I'm trying to say here is that not every time there's something spoken or there's an action taken about one quarterback, does it necessarily reflect on the other? I get it. This is a new era for all of us, myself included. The quarterback position is the only one we never had to discuss for 18 years. And now all of a sudden, it's not one, it's not two, it's not even three. It's now the potential fourth coming in as possibly being the franchise guy. We're in totally uncharted waters here. And I don't just mean those of us who experienced the last 10, 20 years. I'm talking about in franchise history. I mean, I suppose you could, those of you who go way back, go to the you know early 1970s when there was Terry Bradshaw struggling and you had uh, Terry Hanratty, you had Joe Gillum in the mix there for a while, uh, but once Bradshaw figured it out, he took off. And I'd say that's the way to look at this scenario, including, notably, as it relates to Trubisky. And here's why. Picture this. Trubisky comes in and plays extremely well. All right? It's not out of the realm of possibility. I'm not predicting it. I'm not setting it in stone. Let's just suppose that it happens. He comes in. The Bills found something in him. They fixed this, that, helped him read the field. And the Steelers, in turn... Set up an offense that was designed to be 100% Mitch. Okay, maybe like 70% Mitch, 30% Najee. All right. And it works. And everyone around here is going, Mitch. Yeah, man. Mitch. Even if Malik Willis is in the fold and he's standing on a sideline, heck, even if he's involved. In the offense, in some capacity, you know what I'm talking about. Those Taysom Hill type of plays, that running in New Orleans. The Steelers did it early on in Cordell Stewart's career. You get your uh, superb athlete out onto the field, get the ball in his hands one way or the other. Even if that's the case, by year's end, Trubisky will be 28 years old or 10 years younger than we just saw Ben Roethlisberger. And no one at all is going to be in any hurry to pull the plug on him for the shiny new toy in a couple of years. What the Steelers have done here, and I've been in favor of this part of it all along, is to get as many options Check off as many boxes. Visit as many pro days. Take as many college kids out to dinner as your stomach can handle steak without an attack of the meat sweats. Do all of that. Be thorough. It is a once every two decades endeavor and you've got to get it right. You can't be swimming back and forth. The best way to do that is is not only to bring in quality or quarterbacks of pedigree and three of these quarterbacks that I'm describing would be first rounders and the other Mason Rudolph had a first round grade hung on him by this same management team. That's putting a lot into the mix. Let's see who emerges. Nothing wrong with that. Absolutely no benefit to prejudging. When we come back, just one question. Back, it's time for just one question, and today's comes from Cole Evans. I feel like prefacing here, Cole is someone who's been writing me quite a bit about Mason Rudolph for a while now. And so, the moment I saw Cole's name come through, I'm thinking, Oh, here we go, here we go. So, here in fact, we go. Cole asks, Is it fair to say now, DK, that these coaches were never comfortable with Mason Rudolph being the starter? You know what, Cole? If you want your W here, you can go right ahead and have it, my man. Because by the time this draft is done, if in fact the Steelers do get Willis, Rudolph is going to end up being your number three guy. Maybe your number four. Who knows? But I'm going to repeat partially what I said in the first segment, but much more so what I'd been saying about Mason before any of this, pre-Mitch. And that was this. He had every opportunity, and I believe still will have at least an opportunity, to go into training camp and floor people. Floor people. That's always in play. Never forget that. This is how undrafted free agents... Become starters. This is how Mike Hilton made himself a multimillionaire. He was absolutely nobody when he went out onto the field in Latrobe. And all he did was make plays and make sure not only that he was seen, but also that he was heard, calling attention to himself vocally in the direction of the head coach. And the head coach loved it. And the head coach wasn't in a position to discard him. In fact, the head coach was put into a position to embrace him. Let's say, and again, I'm getting into a lot of hypotheticals today, which I'm not comfortable with, but whatever. This is where we are in the calendar. Let's say that Mason goes out and just lights people up, addresses his shortcomings, shows as he had professed about a month ago, that he actually is a fine fit for the Matt Canada offense. He could be getting second team reps. He could be getting scout team reps, and it won't matter. It won't matter because his performance will be what counts. Can we really, realistically rule out that Mason Rudolph could go into a training camp And be better than Mitch Trubisky. Can that be ruled out? Stone cold. Forget it. No chance. Can we rule out that Trubisky would get hurt? Funny how we never mention injury scenarios until we're right there in the season or closer to the season. But these are things that coaches and executives have to think about even in March. March. So not to sound like I'm I'm, I'm ducking your uh, parade there, Cole, but <laughs> look, they sent a very strong signal, the Steelers did, all of them, that they wanted a lot of people competing at the quarterback position. And here we are now, even after they went and added Trubisky, they're still searching everywhere, relentlessly, day after day like scavengers. If you choose to view all of that as an indictment on Rudolph, go nuts. I am preferring to look at it as more a case of the Steelers are just taking absolutely everything they've got, every weapon in the arsenal, and throwing it at the most important position on their team. I appreciate the question, Cole. I appreciate the class with which you conducted yourself in your victory lap. Let's do another one of these tomorrow.